Hi, I'm Amanda. And I'm Kim. And this is The Department, a podcast about trends and how they define the world around us. And welcome to episode 56 of The Department. Today, we're going to continue our conversation about trendy, and I use this in heavy, heavy quotes, health foods, with a special focus on frozen yogurt. But we're going to be pulling out some other hits from the past as well. And I also have a little bonus mini segment about another not so hot, but continuously trending trend. I didn't even know that. I, I love that. It's, you're going to love it so even more then. <laughs> <laughs> but too busy to read through your notes. Yeah, well, Kim, just so everyone knows, while we're recording uh, this, Kim is cooking mm-hmm. some cauliflower. <laughs> I am. I am. It's true. Might as well, might as well have some, some cauliflower yes. cooked at the end it of this It does sound episode. delicious. Doesn't that sound delicious just to sit down to a bunch of cauliflower? And I'm also cooking up, just so you guys know, for next week, a Superfoods episode. So it will line up kind of, Amanda, with, you know, probably a little bit with what you're talking about. Hopefully there's I not going to be so, too much but, overlap. I, mean, I guess it depends if you think frozen yogurt is a superfood or not. <laughs> not at all. I do not. Wow. I think it's disgusting. I think it's actually one of the reasons why I stopped eating ice cream and thought ice cream was bad for so long until like recently i was like i actually really like ice cream i was like it it was just the frozen yogurt i didn't like i will say the frozen yogurt that existed when we were kids was disgusting we're gonna talk about that it was like a really different approach to frozen yogurt we'll talk about it it's been through many incarnations the 80s version was definitely the 80s like early 90s version was the worst yeah i remember that it's it like tried too hard to be like ice this, cream. Ugh. It's not ice cream. If you accept that yes. it's not ice cream, you'll have a better time, you know? And it was like during like that, oh, that like We're going to talk about it. Craze. We're going to talk about it. Everything was gross yeah. then. Let's just all agree. Okay, good. Everything was gross Every- then. <laughs> 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 well, before we get into there, of course, I'm going to do my little mini spiel. Where I remind everyone that, you know, we can't do it without you. And um, one of the biggest things that you can do to help us is to tell your friends and family about the podcast. Um, You know, send a link from our show notes on our website, thedepartment.world, or, you know, an Instagram, um, you know, uh, post. Mm -hmm, That's mm -hmm. always helpful. You know, share it with your community or share it with a person who might be interested in one of our episodes. Um, so, you know, make sure to follow us also while you're at it. It's at underscore the underscore department. You <laughs> so know, easy. Rolls easy. right off the tongue. <laughs> <laughs> rolls, right, rolls right off the tongue. Um, <laughs> um, you know, but, you know, we definitely, once it's you do worth find it. us, it's totally yeah. worth it. Yeah. Totally worth it. I mean, I'm not like the most active. I've been so busy. I haven't been as active as 
as usual, you know, sometimes it's really easy to make content. And sometimes like for some reason this week, the juice trends episode, I was just having a hard time making content. And I just wasn't being creative. Also, you were and I was really, really busy. Exhausted. I can just say so like, for all of you to know that Kim works the job of like seven people. <laughs> so just like give her a break. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you see a post, like that is really coming from a very deep, meaningful place. Seriously, everyone. <laughs> it's just that's usually just oh, like a late, late night. After working, you know, a nine or ten hour day, yeah, I just yeah, somehow managed appreciate it. Okay? Managed to, to pull together, <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm just yeah, I'm, yeah, exactly, um, yeah. So, but I, I, I do, I do do a little bit of research and finding hilarious content, and we do a lot of content on past episodes. You know, mm-hmm. like stories on like um, girl boss, and the gift that keeps giving. Any, yeah, <laughs> any millennial. Yeah, totally. Yeah, so like it'll just keep coming back. You have to check so it out. Funny. It's so worth it. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, you know, of course, if you have a moment, we really, really, really appreciate it if you give us a star rating on Apple Podcasts and leave yeah. us a review. We love a review. We love a review. We also post that on our Instagram when, when we find them. Usually it's like oh, a little mini treasure. It's so we'll check when every it once in a while. And we're like, what? We're like, where the, oh my God, <laughs> when did that come in? You know. Very exciting. It's very exciting. Um, yeah. So definitely make sure to follow us on your preferred podcast streaming service as well, because it does help us get seen if you are following us. It basically tells you know, Spotify or whatever that, you know, we're quality if we get followers. So it's true. It's all about these algorithms. <laughs> it really is. Um, it really if is. you have a suggestion about an episode, want to tell us about a trend we're missing, or you want to share your own story feelings, maybe you disagree with Kim about frozen yogurt. Maybe you have other strong feelings about cauliflower, whatever. Please call our hotline number or send us a voice memo that you've recorded on your phone or computer. And you can find all the details for contacting us on our website, and that is thedepartment.world. Dun, dun, dun. Okay, well, as promised, before we jump into more so-called wellness or healthy food trends, I wanted to touch on another timeless trend, and that is being a rich white dude with a super dumb but loud opinion. <laughs> yeah. And oh, this one God. actually, what a trend. It just, trend. it never dies, right? Uh, today's example ties into our That Girl trend episodes. The rich white dude with a dumb loud opinion is Jonathan Neiman, the co-founder and CEO of dun da 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 Sweet Green. Why is he, what... <laughs> I know. Why you know, is he talking? Like, what What opinion does he have <laughs> value of, like, a salad I mean, it's founder? honestly, like, reading about him, I, when I found this, like, when this article came up in my Apple News feed, it made me think of the juice guy that I talked about last week and just mm. the nonsense, right? The, yeah. I'm a rich white dude who has very loud opinions that are really based in nothing, right? Well, I have to. Yeah. 
He's like, he's, he's like, a, he's like a boy, boy boss. boss. This is a boy boss. Yes. So I have to <laughs> quote the boss. Eater article by Hillary Dixler Canavan about this because it comes in so hot and I just love it. We're going to link to it in our show notes. It's called Salad CEO Bravely Proposes Salad as Solution to Relentless Global Pandemic. I mean, oh, yeah. Yes. Yes. The first few Great sentences title. are what really nailed it for me. Shutting up is literally free, but then again, so is posting on LinkedIn, where Jonathan Neiman, co-founder and CEO of Sweetgreen, recently published a post. It, yeah. Wait, it was oh, yeah. on LinkedIn? Can we just – I mean, oh. we talk about – We you know how – we've talked about it. You know how much we hate active LinkedIn I judge community it. members. I judge it. Something happened over it. the past few years – where people decided this place where I have always just gone to look for jobs or list or, you know, post job postings for roles I'm trying to fill, a, a job search site, I guess is what I'm saying. Somewhere along the line, a bunch of people said, you know, I feel like LinkedIn is like the new Facebook, right? And I'm just going to post whatever I'm feeling. Oh, yeah. I'm going to share articles <laughs> and memes. Whatever I want. Like, this is out oh. of control. And like, uh, yeah. Anyway. You know what it reminds me of also is um, when we were at Nasty Cal, we had like, uh. we had Slack and I always had a bad, I, a bad experience with Slack because of that. Um, and I didn't want to use it. I use it now and I love it. But I just remember there was all these like mm -hmm. Slack channels that people just all day long be posting like <laughs> cat memes and crap in them. And I'm just like, okay. So clearly your is not your crazy. Yeah. Has way less yeah. to do than, yeah, there than was this what one ours is. Employee and I can't remember her name. And I think she worked in marketing, but like literally, as far as I could tell, all she did was post on Slack all day. She created all the channels and like nine out of ten posts came from her. And I remember she started a new channel just for Whole Foods. Like it was just so out of control. Yeah. Wait, uh, what? And I'm sure she's gone on, on to do all kinds of great things in her career. But at that point, I was like, I think I'm jealous. I want this job where I th I'm sure she's I'm getting paid jealous. all right and she was just posting on Slack all day. I don't know. Anyway. Yeah, we're, we're just, just getting, getting yelled, yelled at. at. <laughs> like Slack, wow. Like what a fun diversion, you know. Uh, yeah. Let's just start this quote over again because it's just so good, right? No. Sorry about I that. Mean, this I mean, this is just so incredible. And the fact that LinkedIn is involved, it makes it mwah, chef's kiss, right? Okay, here we go. <laughs> Shutting up is literally free. But then again, so is posting on LinkedIn, where Jonathan Neiman, co-founder and CEO of Sweetgreen, recently published a post, which he then took down after Vice pointed it out, essentially blaming fat people for the ravages of the pandemic and calling on the government to create a, quote, health mandate. Yeah, it's... I'm not going to go what? too deep into what he said because it's the standard tone deaf, classist, fat phobic nonsense that yeah. you expect from a hashtag boy boss. And his logic, if we can even call it that, relies pretty heavily on the BMI, which, you know what? Science has proven is oh, flawed God. and racist. Please go and sexist. And sexist. I mean, it's all about like a man and then you're trying to it, it makes no it sense at all. woman's body. Yeah. Get, get yeah. The, well, of course, the there's some rich anywhere. white dude who owns like a salad company, right? So this is all this is all in his wheelhouse. 
His overall argument is that rather rather than focusing on vaccinations and masking to end the pandemic, we should focus on diet. Oh, no. And how? By taxing processed and sugary foods to cover the cost of the pandemic. Oh, my God. The only thing that brings joy to people during this time. I mean, this is especially ridiculous. Coming from a guy who made a fortune slinging $15 salads predominantly on the backs Mm -hmm. of BIPOC workers who probably can't even afford those salads. You know, like, it's this guy just needs to shut the fuck up. Sorry for the language, everyone, but seriously. No one asked. So I was reading this article, the first article I read about it, which was on Apple News, and I don't know, that maybe that was the Vice version. I'm not sure. And I started to have a flashback. I was like, wasn't there another rich white dude who was espousing a similar opinion, like, earlier in the pandemic? And, of course, ding, 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 I was right. Rich white guys with a loud, dumb opinion is a trend that never dies, even if it's never a good look. And another example I have found is Whole Foods CEO John Mackey. This guy has been banging a loud, dumb drum for so long that back in 2009, he wrote an op-ed for the Wall Street Journal called The Whole Foods Alternative to Obamacare. Yeah, I know. No. I mean, just imagine the crap that he's talking about. It was basically like this article itself was like nine ways you won't need health insurance. It was such garbage, such garbage. It's 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 Ugh. like such a corporate thing where it's like, well, we don't even have to have to uh, provide health insurance to our employees. We can provide <laughs> kale. Get out the popcorn <laughs> machine. We're cutting the health insurance. Yeah. You know. <laughs> <laughs> surprise, surprise. Machine. Mackie thinks the true <laughs> secret to health and wellness is diet. Just like you know our friend at Sweet Green, he likes to espouse that a better diet supposedly purchased at your local Whole Foods will prevent the need for health for a healthcare system at all and it will also prevent the need for medication ever never mev, never oh, cool. mind that cool. tons yeah yeah right and easy never mind peasy. that tons of health issues are caused by genetics and our environment have nothing to do mm-hmm. with anything we've ever eaten never mind that fresh fruits and vegetables are a luxury item for many Americans. In 2010, Whole Foods did this really messed up thing, and I actually had some friends who worked there at this point. They offered a new graduated employee discount, and it was based on body mass index, you know, BMI, blood pressure, cholesterol, and nicotine use. Basically the, and I'm using this in heavy quotes again, healthier a worker was, the bigger the employee discount, which... Is disgusting. That's it also disgusting. defies all logic because if you're operating under the logic that access to healthier foods results in better health, wouldn't it make sense to offer a deeper discount to the less healthy workers? I mean, it's just a gross, hot mess. And of course, disgusting. last year, John Mackey, CEO of Whole Foods, went on the podcast Freakonomics and was just talking about how basically the whole pandemic could be avoided and ended if everybody started eating more vegetables, blah, blah, blah. And I just... Oh, okay. Just yeah, turn yeah. down the volume. Yeah, yeah. Turn exactly. Turn it off and Exactly. And so I just... I had to talk about that today because I feel like these guys 
I mean, they remind me of the juice guy from the last episode, you know, and lots of other dudes along the way who have tried to, I don't know, deny all of these massive systemic issues that are actually really harmful to our health in favor of some like snake oil that they want to sell us, you know? And in this case, it's, I guess, the salad Mm -hmm. bar at Whole Foods. I'm not really sure, which by the way, is really expensive. (laughs) Oh my God. I know. It's all, it was always just insanely expensive. I, was, I, I couldn't afford it even when I worked at, at Nasty Dude, Gal. Dude, like, all those people like, who were just... on the Nasty Gal Whole Foods Slack channel all the time, I wondered, were they making more money than me? For some reason, that Whole Foods especially in downtown LA is like mega expensive. You know, just like, at, like oh, you want a hard-boiled egg? Five dollars. You know? <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. All right. Our well, before egg. we jump into the world of frozen yogurt, I thought we could reminisce for a moment about some other trendy foods of yesteryear because there have been so many. And when I talk about trendy foods here, I'm talking about trendy, healthy foods, right? So in this century alone, mm-hmm. acai bowls, I've never actually had one. I just assumed it was going to upset my stomach. I actually yeah, never me either. had one. Um, Superfoods, which you're going to talk about in the next episode. Spirulina. I don't know if you ever got into that, but I was definitely putting that into Mm -hmm. some smoothies there for a while. Mm -hmm. Smoothies being another trend. Definitely. Spiralized vegetables, which I still, I'm going to tell you, I spiralized some zucchini around here. Absolutely. Zoodles. And you know what was always so funny is that you could go to the grocery store and they would you could buy the spiralized noodles, but they were like six. Yeah, I know, I know. I remember. You know, it's like they're, and they're and still a squash like, is they're like so uh, yeah, like a zucchini is like a dollar. <laughs> I know. You're just like just get the you know yeah, spiralizers exactly, twenty dollars, exactly. and right? they're always at the thrift store. Like, yeah, it, yeah, like, do it, back. do it. Oh um, and it's kind of fun to make them actually. <laughs> Um. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like yeah. Why would you I buy the know. butternut squash spiralized for the nine dollars? And at it's Lawson's like one serving. Just... <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's yeah. Ridiculous. Um. Another one is kombucha. I mean, like I've I still have a kombucha mm-hmm. here and there. Do you remember when Lindsay Lohan? Uh, I don't know if she got pulled over or she just had like mandatory drug and alcohol testing, but she failed, and it was because of her kombucha allegedly. Yeah. And then they pulled all the kombucha and had, like, now kombucha had to come back without alcohol in it. Anyway, that was an odd story right there. I don't like kombucha, but I know it's good for you, (laughs) so I try to choke it down. There's just something (laughs) about, like, the strains of, like, the stringy floating. That part's hard. It just is so nauseating. I don't think I can, I can't actually drink the whole thing down to the bottom because the, <laughs> the, the this gooey strainy shit is like there. And I'm like, I can't, I mean, I can't drink pulp. Yeah. So you can imagine. Not, I'm not no, no. <laughs> stringy strains. <laughs> like if, 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 if like, if it's like, it's like when you're swimming and like you touch, like you feel something oh, pass stop by Stop it. Foot. I know that like, feeling. It's, it's like nauseating. that. I'm like, uh, <laughs> what? Yeah. that in my mouth? Murky <laughs> disgustingness. <laughs> Which is like the best part of drinking it. Yeah. It's just like, <laughs> Same with pulp. <laughs> like that's like the best part of drinking. She's like, bleh. 
<laughs> okay, well, also, another one that has always given me a weird feeling is bone broth. Uh, I've never, mm-hmm. I don't think I've actually ever had bone broth. Uh, it's oh, pretty good. Okay. It's actually pretty good. It's pretty good. Yeah, there's like a, there's a, a, a Chinese restaurant here that makes these like this delicious bone broth. And it's just, it's really good. I don't really know. I think if it's it just like, it's much. nice. And if you're sick, if any broth is good, right? Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Here's one that I also like for me is the equivalent of orange juice pulp. It's like the texture of it. I can't handle is chia seeds. Mm. And for a while they were putting them yep. in the gooeyness like, kombucha. That's another one where I was like straining them out with my teeth and just being nauseated. Yeah, that one's <laughs> gross. <laughs> um, supposedly good for you. I don't know. I can't get past the texture. Um, one that I do love is yeah. kale. That one, yeah, regular part of my life. Mm-hmm. Avocados, still trending. Uh, quinoa. I remember when no one knew what quinoa mm-hmm. was except for like the really hardcore people who were like shopping at the health food store. Um, there was the paleo diet yep. and Whole30 and these things still go around, you know, mm-hmm. keto, all of these. There's so many specialized diets. Oh, Intermittent fasting yeah, for is a sure. big one now. For sure. That's so I, – I read about it constantly. Well, there have mm-hmm. always been health food trends and – What's interesting about them is uh, the ones of the 1800s and 1900s really never cycled back again, and I'm going to share some of them with you, and you'll understand why. But the ones that started to pop up in the middle of the 20th century still keep coming back, just like juice, right? So here's one that didn't didn't make the cut, and I have never heard or read about in a magazine, (laughs) which is bile beans, so these were pills, Ooh, not yeah. actual beans, and they were supposedly invented by Charles oh. Ford, and that's F-O-R-D-E with an extra E there, the Australian chemist. But they were actually created by a Canadian, an aspiring entrepreneur named mm. Charles Fulford, who essentially combined flavors and laxatives into a tablet. It was cascara, mm. rhubarb, licorice, and menthol rolled in charcoal charcoal powder and coated in gelatin. Mm -hmm. And this... Quite honestly, I'm surprised that this this isn't... This is ripe for a comeback as I'm reading the ingredients. Yeah. It really is. I'm like, I feel like that that is a... A, a genius. <laughs> well, new this miracle cure supposedly, and perhaps still does, cured biliousness. I think it meant like you need What's to that? poop. Um, headaches and influenza. <laughs> It was basically laxatives, though. I just like, I mean, a lot of these things are always just end up being laxatives, right? Uh, Grape nuts, the cereal, was another crazy health food trend. Mm -hmm. That one did come back. That one comes back periodically. I've only had it once. I remember my grandma would sometimes buy it, and it is like brutal. There's no reason to be eating it. I, I definitely used to eat it, but it's wheat. And I think yeah, that's probably, that's probably why why wasn't come back. Speaking of wheat, cream of wheat, which I did love when I was a kid, is an, was another health food trend mm. of like the 20s and 30s. Um, that one has not come back yet. I think wheat is on a downtrend right now. Yeah, just out. Um, yeah. Here's one, canned tuna. There were entire diets Gross. based on canned tuna. I know. 
I know. Uh, the grapefruit diet, which I know definitely came back in like mm, the 80s. I remember that. It started, I want to say, in the 40s or 50s. And at that point, it was also known as the Hollywood diet. Uh, another mm. health food trend that we take for granted now, bananas. Oh, interesting. Good, good. I mean, yeah, Next you think – it is. It was. Yeah, one and of think the about it. Like foods. they were exotic. Mm-hmm. You know the way people feel about mm-hmm. like avocados or something. Now, um, there was yeah. another one called Doctor Stoll's Diet Aid, which was like a shake mix that you could buy at beauty parlors. It was targeted towards women. Uh, the ingredients mm-hmm. included a teaspoon of milk chocolate, starch, whole wheat, and bran. And you would blend it in one cup of water. I mean, it kind of sounds like a slim fast. Um, un- yeah, yeah, definitely. It. it sounds horrible across the board. You probably need some bile beans you. with this, you and know, with celiacs. Like, edge off with some bile beans. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, some bile beans. Another one that really surprised <laughs> me that was like a trend of like the forties and fifties, like a health food trend, was seaweed. Interesting, right? Because that's definitely come back in one way or another through I mean, in this century even. So when we get to the mid-1900s, we start to see – I started to see at least food – health food trends that I recognized from my life as well. Like, for example, the master cleanse, you know, the cayenne, the lemon oh, yes. juice, all that was introduced yep. by Stanley Burroughs in 1941. All this time, I thought like Beyonce invented it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Classic. Um, The cabbage soup diet, which I totally remember my mom doing when I was a kid. It made its first appearance in like the 50s. And it's one of those health food trends, diet trends that comes back every decade or so, just like juicing. Basically, you just eat only cabbage soup for a week or two and you lose lots of weight. I can only assume you are a monster to deal with. I think if I had to choose between Yeah, exactly. I think if I had to choose between the master cleanse or the cabbage soup diet, I'm going master cleanse. I'm gonna be an asshole either way. Yeah. Oh man, I actually tried doing the master cleanse once. I think I lasted I don't know, eight hours. Did it, I, then I went and got I remember. I, like, I can't do this. I can remember specifically when the master cleanse came back, and I feel like that was in the aughts, right? It's sitting sitting in my desk at work it and was, reading. Yeah. I, I want to say someone who wrote for Gawker or Jezebel did the master cleanse for a week. And they reached a point where they were having like hallucinations. And like the other yeah. thing that people don't mention when you do this master cleanse thing is you also have to get up every morning and drink like a glass of hot salt water that makes you like sit on the toilet for hours. Yeah. It's the whole oh. thing is just like not appealing to me. Yeah. I don't oh, care what no. anybody says. It's not good for you. Um, apple cider vinegar as a health food also popped up yes. in the 50s and 60s. And that one's still around. I try that. Everyone's once like, oh, you should just drink like a shot of apple cider vinegar. I just, yeah, you know, yeah, totally. Although, and then exactly. The when you were talking in the bottom, about they food similar thing. <laughs> I will tell you, I swear to God, I had strep throat once when we lived in LA. It was really, really bad. It was like two days after we got laid off from Nasty Gal. And it was just, I mean, I went to that same, um, that's Urgent Care in Hollywood where you've taken me before when I had food poisoning. And Mm -hmm. the doctor was like, whoa, that is like the nastiest 
uh, strep throat I've ever seen. And I was like, cool. And so I was in so much pain, I couldn't even drink any liquids. And the internet was like, gargle with apple cider vinegar and water. And I was like, sure, why not? And so I was doing that. And I swear to God, it cured it in like four hours. I'm not a doctor. But it definitely, I also took antibiotics to everyone, so you know, but it definitely like eased the symptoms to a point where I could like consume liquids and stuff. I mean, those antibiotics work so fast when it comes to. Um, yeah, uh, it's true. It's true. Throat. Oh my God. I don't even want to think about it. That was such a nightmare. Oh, anyway, I, I only have yeah, bad so memories of that urgent care in Hollywood. <laughs> Yeah. Um, th- another thing that I mean is still around, right, is low carb, a low carb diet in general. The Atkins diet yep. appeared first then. I mean, carbs have got to be one of the trendiest things out there. You know, it's like they're in or they're out. Yeah, or exactly. exactly. <laughs> You're right. In or out, <laughs> like grape nuts. That's just pure. A, a decade from now, everyone's hydrate. gonna be like, "Yeah, fuck yeah, grape nuts, grape nuts, no butter." You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it's just it's just how these go. Which speaking yeah, of the yeah. uh, the opposite <laughs> of a grape nuts diet, uh, there was a a diet movement, and I don't mean like diet losing weight, but just like a way of living healthfully called the drinking man's diet. And this is so madman and of that era. This diet worked alcohol into every meal, basically offsetting its effects with meats and some vegetables. A typical drinking man's lunch might be a dry martini or whiskey and soda, two glasses of wine. This is lunch, okay? Two glasses of wine, broiled fish or steak or roasted chicken, green beans or asparagus, lettuce and tomato salad with French or Roquefort dressing. That's the lunch. I'd have to go to bed Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) if I had three drinks. (laughs) <laughs> lunch yeah uh but there was this was a whole movement yeah, yeah. of like way of eating rockford yeah. dressing like <laughs> and three drinks at lunch wow. um this one's the next one is slightly less uh extreme granola started to pop up in the 70s mm-hmm. amino acids that was another trend Yogurt in the 70s. Oh. We're going to come back to yogurt, uh-huh. of course, but yogurt started to be a big, healthy thing in the 70s. Uh, when we get into the late 1900s, as in the time in which we have existed as humans, we lived through the low fat food era. We're talking lean cuisines, frozen yogurt, snack wells, rice cakes. The thing about all of the mm-hmm. stuff, which we'll talk about more when we get to frozen yogurt, is that while it had no fat, it all had tons of sugar and all kinds of other things. Um, mm-hmm. Okay. Wait, I have one. Oh, the my God. K okay. Diet. I remember that being advertised uh-huh. in like yes. Seventeen magazine. And I tried it. I was like, Mom, uh-huh. I went I went to some Special K. I'm going to the Special K diet. It was like crappy. I felt terrible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're just eating r- really ridiculous. Um Right? Isn't that what Special K was? It was, it was just like it was either cornflakes or wheat flakes. flakes. It was flakes. Was it? I think you could have it with some strawberries. It was, it was then they made one with freeze-dried strawberries that was really weird. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. a diet where you just That's eat right. cereal. Think about that, everyone. <laughs> yeah. Or I think wasn't it like you replace yeah. some of your meals and you only you you only eat it for uh-huh. breakfast and lunch and then for dinner. 
it's yeah, it's, it's like a slim fast shake, you know. And then for dinner, you can eat a normal healthy. It's terrible. It's so meal. stupid. Um, I wonder that one's going to come back eventually too. Uh, there was something called the pineapple diet. Apparently, this was a rage in the seventies and eighties. Um, a Danish psychologist named Sten Hegler wrote a book called The Sexy Pineapple Diet that you would not only lose weight, but you would be like voraciously sexual on this diet. And people believed it. Like if your Whoa. relationship was in a rut sexually, it was like go on the pineapple diet where you just eat pineapples and everything will be hmm. fine. <laughs> um, yeah, that sounds great. It sounds like you get into a fight for sure. Yeah. Um, we can never yeah, forget exactly. about blueberries, which I think were another one of the like original superfoods. And I mm-hmm. uh, can't wait because I'm, the I'm bl- blueberries were so trendy in the 90s for mm-hmm. sure. They were like in everything all of a sudden. Kind of like, um, oh my God, sun dried yes. tomatoes. That was another one. I don't know if the, everything. I mean, it, it was, was like, everything. oh, here's some Doritos. They're sun dried tomato flavored. Like, gross. I don't need it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, those were, they were like they were like buddies. I feel like if you ate a lot of sun-dried tomatoes, you probably also had a lot of blueberries in your life. Um, and antioxidants as like a buzz term, which I had totally yep. forgotten about mm-hmm. that until I was like doing some reading today. And I was like, oh, my God, like blueberries were a source of antioxidants. Sun-dried tomatoes, a source of antioxidants. Mm-hmm. And God knows we all needed some vitamins to offset all of, the, all of those lean cuisines and snack wells, which were devoid of nutritional exactly. value. <laughs> And all of those oh Subway sandwiches. Oh, my God. Sandwiches. I can't even. I ate so many Subway sandwiches as a teenager that I can't even <laughs> smell a Subway location, that smell of that bread, without feeling nauseated. I just had too many. It was like, oh, got to go <laughs> wow. in and get that six-inch veggie delight or whatever it was called all the yep. time. Oh, so gross. Anyway. Uh, now we're going to talk about frozen yogurt. First, I'm going to open. Um, I impulsively purchased this weekend uh, the a Bud Light Seltzer, uh, f- like it's like fall flannel pack or something. Oh. And I thought you you would you'd purchase some no. frozen yogurt and you were about to Whoa, eat some yeah, live. So like, no, this okay. is the pumpkin spice flavored Bud Light <laughs> Seltzer. Uh, you're channeling Ooh. my what is it like Christian white girl fall or whatever we've talked about. Yes. I actually had some gelato that was pumpkin spice. And I did feel a little chuggy about it, but oh, I yeah, also totally. Really I'm going to get some so. of that. Don't worry. Um, this seltzer is Sounds pretty delicious. good. It's it tastes like pumpkin spice, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That sounds delicious. Five stars. Okay, well, let's talk about frozen yogurt. Of course, now I'm like, where do I get pumpkin spice frozen yogurt ASAP? Um, I think of frozen yogurt as like the <laughs> quintessential late 80s, early 90s food and like so trendy. You know, like when a TCBY opened like at the mall, it was just like all anyone could talk about for a few weeks. Um, There was less news then. You know, we didn't have social media. Just we didn't we didn't have much. Yeah, we had less. And so this would be something that everyone in town would talk about, you know, um, Frozen yogurt was actually born in the 70s, which, you know, means frozen yogurt is a Gen Xer. That makes sense. Um, The first frozen yogurt was created by a person, I think, I'm assuming a man, named H.P. Hood in the early 1970s. 
And of course, it was intended as a substitute for ice cream. And he called it Frogurt, which to be fair is not a very sexy name. Uh, Sounds gross. In 1978, Brigham's Ice Cream Shop in Boston developed and introduced their the first ever prepackaged frozen yogurt, and they named the product Humphrey's Yogurt. I don't. It's terrible, terrible name. Um, terrible, just terrible. They're just ruining terrible. it already. Dannon, you know Dannon, <laughs> y- the fruit on the bottom. You know there was mm-hmm. a time. Let's just be honest. When we were a lot younger, when the best yogurts in the game were Dannon and Yo Play, <laughs> and we yep, didn't have much. True. Well, there wasn't hey, really guys? any. <laughs> I mean, there was like the supernatural ones, mm-hmm. but you know, we were kids, and that now, didn't. What well, that guess, wasn't appealing. Like a plain I remember yogurt. I was crazy Ew. for the Yo Play that was strawberry and banana. That was my jam. Oh yeah. God, I remember that shit. That oh, shit yeah. is disgusting. If I had to eat one of those now, I'd probably like cry a little bit. Um, actually, I remember Dannon <laughs> was one that would kind of make me feel a little sick, like if that's what my mom ended up buying, because you know it was like the fruit on the bottom, and so you can never get it to mix in, yeah. right? And it always had that like little bit of liquid on the top, and it's just yeah. disgusting. Yeah, disgusting. I mean, you can never trust. The Dannon fruit. I always assumed that the Dannon fruit on the bottom was like the worst <laughs> quality and then the worst shape. But, and I'm very, you know, I like to see what the food looks like before. I was like, what happened to this fruit? Was it almost a, was it, is there any, was there mold on it? I mean, of course, no. But, um, well, especially but I just the blueberry like, one it. specifically. It had a gross flavor, like a moldy blueberry flavor. Mm. I remember being like, I can never have this again. I, maybe I hate blueberries. I'm not sure. <laughs> Instead of Yeah, I mean, we didn't have much. Berry. Yeah. I still remember that. I cannot believe I forgot oh, banana strawberry. I, was right I hated it. It was disgusting. Yeah, totally. Totally. So like I said, if I had one now, I'd probably be like, this is garbage. But for the options we had in yogurt, <laughs> and also like, I'm going to be honest – me being the kid at school who always packed yogurt in my lunch made me like really sophisticated because other people wanted pudding. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, I eat yogurt. Okay. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's disgusting. It had that like yeah, totally. yogurt top. To- like yeah, that, like foil yeah. seal. Yeah. So I always felt like Yoplait was better than Dannon. It was the fruit on the bottom that just grossed me out so much. Mm-hmm. So of course, Dannon – was like the yogurt brand of the 70s, which I had no idea. They were like owning the yogurt world. And they introduced their own take on frozen yogurt, and they called it Danny. And sometimes Danny-yo. What? Yeah. Hmm. The first Danny product was dark chocolate-dipped raspberry yogurt, which does sound kind of good, but probably was terrible. Um Dannon went on to open some brick-and-mortar frozen yogurt shops, like, way ahead of its time. I found this amazing New York Times article from 1975 called, It's Tempting, Soft, and Easy on the Diet, a New Yogurt. According to the article, the store charged 50 cents for a cup or a cone of yogurt with a topping of your choice. Those are 10 cents extra. You could get granola, chopped nuts, natural honey, or coconut. So definitely... Healthy, yes. Oh, they were keeping it healthy. The Danny Cafe also served eight frozen yogurt drinks made with Danny Yo, the frozen yogurt, you know, and fruit juice, including Passion, which was a strawberry yogurt and coconut juice. That doesn't sound bad to me. 
Oh, yeah. that's a little yeah. misleading. Wouldn't you think? Like, I don't think they, think they like only had like four or five flavors of yogurt, so you didn't get a lot here. Purple mm. velvet, which was raspberry yogurt and orange juice. I don't know if I like that. And nectar of the gods, which mm. was strawberry yogurt and papaya juice. Okay, a that's little, like a over, little the bit over the top. But I remember reading in this article, and I forgot to like write it down. But they basically only had raspberry and strawberry yogurt, and they were working on adding lemon and vanilla. I mean, they didn't have much, you know. Uh, but it was it was a hit. Like they interviewed the New York Times interviewed all these people who just loved it. We're going in there every day. They were really happy to have this healthy snack alternative. And the people who were going to the Danny Cafe for frozen yogurt were, weren't really looking for an ice cream substitute. They were just looking for like a healthier snack. Mm-hmm. Dannon had a big competitor at the time called Frosty Yogurt. And in case you were wondering, that's one word, not two, Frosty Yogurt. While Dannon's version was more tart, like actual yogurt, Frosty Yogurt was going after the ice cream market with a sweeter version. But both of these yogurt purveyors were focusing on the health aspects of frozen yogurt, advertising it as a healthier alternative to ice cream. Despite what looked like a massive developing market at the time, like if the New York Times in 1975 is to be believed, frozen yogurt should have been taking over the entire world. Frozen yogurt just didn't pick up the kind of momentum that everyone expected. (laughs) Consumers didn't like the tart flavor of the less sweet, more authentic version of frozen yogurt. And as we know, sugar, sugar is constantly moving in and out of trend with sugar becoming uncool again, no one wanted the sweet frozen yogurt either. So it was just kind of gone. And plus, you know, like early frozen yogurt was like either you could get the yogurty kind or you could get the kind that was really sweet. And the really sweet kind was gross and tasted like chemicals. And like it was not an alternative to ice cream despite trying. In 1981, a man named Frank D. Hickingbotham opened the first TCBY in Little Rock, Arkansas, otherwise known as the country's best yogurt, except that's not what it was called in the beginning. Until 1984, TCBY stood for This Can't Be Yogurt. (laughs) I know. But TCBY was sued by yogurt rival I Can't Believe It's Yogurt and was forced to begin decades of claiming that it was selling the country's best yogurt. And then, of course, I would I can't have loved if they butter. had sued. I can't believe it's yogurt. I like just frivolous lawsuits. Isn't that hilarious? <laughs> yeah, it's so yeah, ridiculous. Isn't that hilarious? Um, I don't know if you remember how the I can't believe it's not butter commercials would just show people's hands. Yes. Yeah. So the weird. Hands, the hands talking. The hands enjoying their country. <laughs> yes. Crop. yes. Oh my god. It's a, it's. <laughs> <laughs> and that we ate it. We ate it. In my house, you know, because <laughs> at this time too, it was like I can't believe it's not butter and country crock are healthy. But butter, yeah, mm-hmm. margarine and butter was is like bad. Good. Like I remember, yeah, as an adult, my mom coming over to my house and seeing that I was eating actual butter and being like, oh, "You know, that's so bad for you." And I'm like, "Actually, it's not. Actually, your body can't digest margarine." <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. I was at my, like, my grandmother lived in this kind of assisted living situation um, back in, like, the 80s and 90s. And I remember that this was kind of, like, 
that like margarine butter debate was happening and we had been eating the margarine or we've been eating this like blend of margarine and butter or something like that. And maybe sometimes only margarine. Um, I remember there was a time period when we did have some oh, country crock, but so it was gross. disgusting. And we're from yeah. Wisconsin and we just like couldn't deal with it. Um, but it, we switched back to butter because we found out that it's actually kind of better for you. And I remember there was like, there was like a signpost of like a, you know, printed out Not from like a dot matrix printer or whatever. Classic, of course, you know, um, and it, it was t- informing the, the people at the, at the residence that butter was actually better for you than <laughs> margarine. And I was like, look, I don't know why I remember this. I was like, look, see, it is better. Well, and I always liked so butter better. so much more. Yeah. It was just yeah. like, thank God. Yeah. I mean, it was just <laughs> such a weird time. Like all I, Working on this episode, lots of misinformation, lots of misinformation. especially around fat. Yeah. And, like, cholesterol and, like, the heart association. So scammy. And all this so stuff. So scammy. Um, and it was like, uh-huh. don't worry. We're going to cut all the fat out, but we're going to dump in a cup of sugar. You know, like – and it was – it was Yeah. Like, and garbage. And it was everything. Like it was in peanut butter, you know? <laughs> the peanut butter would become low fat yes. but full of sugar. You know, like, all the Peter Pan peanut butter mm-hmm. I ate as a kid. Or, like – any ice cream, there was always like a weird light version. It's just everything was so gross. The snack wells, oh. I'm that's right. Oh. Ice cream light. That was yeah. even Do worse you remember, than frozen yogurt. I remember sometimes my my grandma Pauline, who's my great grandmother, and she was diabetic, so maybe this relates to it, but she would have something called ice milk at her house. And it was like basically it was a less creamy ice cream. <laughs> it was like so gross. I feel like that's like a 1950s. Maybe. I could see that like product. lingering around out here where, you know, it was just, uh-huh. we were living 20 years behind everyone, but it was like, it was mm-hmm. basically like light ice cream and it just, it was like icy. It just wasn't good. Like yeah. It's just like milk. That's some just sugar frozen. Yeah, it, was, it was gross. It was super gross. <laughs> um, <laughs> so TCBY arrives on the scene and it, advertised itself as low-fat, low-calorie, because that's what everyone was thinking about. Oftentimes, it was even non-fat. And they were in, they were advertising it as this healthier alternative to ice cream. And people were, were buying it because, like, fat was the enemy, you know? So, yeah, I, I want some ice yes. cream. I guess I'll go get some TCBY instead. Mm-hmm. But it was full of so much sugar. And that's how they disguised the yogurtiness of it all. Like they they covered up the tart flavor of yogurt with just more and more sugar. And then they had toppings like hot fudge and candies and whipped cream and it was all served in a waffle cone. It wasn't exactly the health food that oh, Dannon yeah. had been selling in the no. 70s. Not at all. Totally different direction. Uh-huh. Wait, can I ask a question? This has been a pressing question. I think I've always wondered: Is frozen yogurt actually? Yogurt? It is. Well, like, okay. It gets complicated. It. Okay, I didn't. Are, are you so going to get I'm into glad it that you later? This. So, because this is something that I read, and there's been lawsuits and stuff. For the most part, it should be, and it should have cultures in it. But nobody. What I found that was really yeah. interesting is that I mean, and this depends on the state where you live, like. You live in California where everything is super regulated. So most likely if you go out and get a frozen yogurt, it really is yogurt. But there is no like nationwide regulation of frozen yogurt, whereas there is 
a ton of regulation of ice cream. And like ice creams have to have certain kinds of ingredients in order to qualify as ice cream. There's all this stuff, right? When it comes to yogurt, frozen yogurt, there isn't depending on where you live. And so there were definitely, and I feel like TCBY was probably coasting on this, a lot of yogurt companies that said that they were selling frozen yogurt, but they were just selling like a frozen dessert. So yeah, now because yeah. like, are, is there you, probiotics in them? Do they even survive the well, see, freezing process? They do process? apparently, and that is like a requirement, right? That these guys are these probiotics are pretty sturdy, I guess, to a certain extent. Um, but mm-hmm. there there have been lawsuits here and there with different yogurt shops you know, getting tested by someone who's like, I don't think this is really frozen yogurt. And then, of course, there are no probiotics present. It clearly hasn't been cultured ever. It's just like a mix. And that's where it gets kind of dodgy because a lot of frozen yogurt is a mix now. So it it just depends where you go is all I can say. Um, yeah, I always felt like it was suspect. I was always like, like, how is this? Do they actually take yogurt and freeze it? <laughs> And then you're like, no, that's not how it works. You're like, okay, well then. Yeah, it's why all are we really weird. It and it's yogurt? like, why is ice cream regulated and frozen yogurt isn't? It makes no sense. Yeah. I know. I know. You would think. You would think it would have even more regulations because it's got all these like cultures like in and order, live things Yeah, in like them. in order to call or your should. product ice cream, it has to have milk fats and like a certain level of them and all this other stuff in it. Mm-hmm. But with Froyo, it's kind of like, you know, do whatever. And like a lot of frozen yogurt is from a mix in different different kinds of mixes. And sometimes those mixes have the probiotics and sometimes they don't. You can definitely ask. I don't know if you're going to get a straight answer. Um, I would, I would yeah. bet that the frozen yogurt TCBY was selling, at least in this era, was very minimally yogurt-esque. Um, and it was heavily yeah. artificial, right? Um, but it it, yeah. it worked, right? People loved TCBY. This was also the dawn of the self-serve Froyo situation where you would go in and use the soft-serve machines, add toppings, and pay by weight. And that was a new idea for a lot of people. The flavors themselves, would it promise this intense decadence. There was white chocolate mousse, red velvet cake, mm. golden vanilla. Yum. I mean, this all sounds so good. I've only had TCBY a couple times, and I was probably like 12. And I remember thinking it sucked. <laughs> I was like – I've never Even had now, it. I'm pretty sure they're in a lot of rest stops on like the turnpikes out here on the East Coast. And so it would be like one of those things like you've been in the car for a long time and your parents just want you to like be quiet so they'll get you TCBY. Um, and it just – yeah, it was just like never yeah. that great. But it was like – I don't think it ever actually – I mean because where I was – I'm from Wisconsin and we're very serious <laughs> about our dairy. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> like very serious. And like the diet culture, of course, it existed but – I don't think as prevalently as like the coast that TCBY, like we, we never ate there as a child, as kids. We literally only ate ice cream <laughs> oh, or frozen, frozen custard. custard. That's my favorite. Yeah. That, now that is good. Yeah. Yum. Exactly. Um, well, by 1984, TCBY had more than 100 locations and it was just continuing to open more and more franchises. And it grew so much that in 1991, TCBY moved into the tallest building in Arkansas. It was called Simmons Tower, located in downtown Little Rock. And the building was renamed the TCBY Tower until 2000 when TCBY moved out. 
Around that time, Mrs. Fields, the mall cookie company, acquired TCBY in the aughts, which when you think about it, it's like a perfect mall food court marriage. Yes. Like just get Cinnabon in there. And then I was really like, is. who owns Cinnabon? And I found out the Ooh. same parent company that owns Cinnabon <laughs> also owns like Auntie Anne's and Moe's Mexican Grill and a bunch of other like mall type food court mm. places. Um, in 2001, there were almost 1,800 TCBY locations across the United States. By 2011, after several waves of closings, there were 405. The TCBY era was wow. over. The thing, well, we're going to come back to that. But the thing is, by the time TCBY is in this sad situation in 2011, frozen yogurt's back on the upswing. But TCBY isn't the right kind of frozen yogurt and mm. branding, right? Exactly. Throughout the 80s and early 90s, customers became more and more obsessed with that low-fat diet. And of course, more and more frozen yogurt companies began to open their doors. There were tons of chains. Freshen Yogurt, which we had at the York Galleria Mall. Something called Yogenfruz. I've never been to that one. Penguins. Mm. Golden Spoon. Heidi's Frogen Yogurt. And she was actually a bodybuilder. Heidi's a real person. But as the 90s, 90s wore on and we became more obsessed with superfoods and whole foods and all of those things that felt more real and food-like and fat began to come back into favor, the low-fat diet fell out of trend. It would be embarrassing to eat a snack whales at that point. The desiree for sugary frozen <laughs> yogurt died off. Just, tack, just tacky Get now. your devil's food cake snack whales out of my just face. Tacky. Um. I remember specifically, I can remember this so well, sitting at my desk at Urban Outfitters, let's say it was 2007, 2008, you know, I'm reading Perez, Hilton, and Gawker, and I am just seeing time and time again weird little blurbs about Lindsay Lohan or Paris Hilton or Nicole Richie and how they were obsessed with this new, this new little frozen yogurt place called Pinkberry. There were as many paparazzi shots of the celebutants going in and out of Pinkberry as there were Kitson. And I was like, OMG, I have to try this. Mm -hmm. Even though I knew that I'd hated TCBY and I was not into Lindsay Lohan or Paris Hilton or Nicole <laughs> Richie, there was something about the branding that made me feel like I must go to Pinkberry. So the next time I went to LA for a buying trip, I was like, hey, team, you know, you guys go, like, go back to the hotel room and work. I'm going to take the rental out for a spin. And I'm going to go to Pinkberry. And let me tell you, this was no TCBY. For one, it wasn't self-service, and there were only two or three flavors. I think it was tart and green tea. Like, those were their signature flavors. Maybe mm -hmm. there was a third fruit flavor, that. but anytime there was, like, a new flavor at Pinkberry, it was a really big deal. The toppings, for the most part, were fruits and nuts, although they did have fruity pebbles. That was that's really good with some tart yogurt. Let me tell you, this yogurt yeah. was good because it was it was tart. It felt like real yogurt that just happened to be frozen. It was very unsweet, which I appreciated. Was it an ice cream substitute? No. When you want ice cream, this would never do. But if you wanted something else, this worked. Um, I still love a classic mm -hmm. tart flavor even now, just with some coconut and fruit. And I actually have this little mini. Um, ice cream maker that I bought at the beginning of the pandemic that makes like one serving of ice cream and I make frozen yogurt in yeah. it all the time with just some like Greek yogurt and that's it and like a little churn and then I've got frozen yogurt 
Oh my god, remember when Big <laughs> Yogurt talk about came a on trend, the scene? Right? Game changer though. Jeez. I think about all that Dannon and Yo play yeah. I eat as a kid and I want to vomit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> trash. <laughs> so thin. Total trash. So, it's like it was like yeah, oh, just practically disgusting. running. Yes, exactly. <laughs> anyway, thanks to the celebutants and their love of this like so-called healthy snack. And I'm not saying Pinkberry is healthy. I'm sure it still has a shit ton of sugars. And there's also been some drama over the years about them possibly having 30 or more ingredients while a lot of their competitors only had around 14. I mean, I don't go to a Pinkberry or any frozen yogurt place thinking I'm eating something natural, whatever that even means. I assume there's an extensive amount of food science involved. (laughs) Um, But thanks to the celebutons, Pinkberry and frozen yogurt were hot and trendy again, but like in a different way. This motivated NBC News to declare in August 2008, frozen yogurt is cool again. Like just, just like, like trucker, trucker hats. hats. Just you're just wearing your trucker hat and you're eating your frozen yogurt and, and drinking your, your super low rise jeans. You're doing it all. <laughs> you're so cool. The- uh, you've got your like dress <laughs> over your jeans. Yes. Yes, you do. You do. Um, well, the old the old frozen yogurt chains were still around, but they were like so not cool. These new brands like Pinkberry and Red Mango wanted to make sure frozen yogurt was an aspirational lifestyle and brand. This included creating store spaces that were both stylish and expensive. So the decor at Pinkberry included $350 Philippe Stark chairs and $391 Le Lint lights. In 2018, writer Josh Acampo would describe Pinkberry's decor this way. It was as if a spa and an Ikea store came together to form a frozen yogurt chain. That sounds so nice. Oh God, that was also right when in spas. You know, it was <laughs> like, I keep, yes, they oh were like my so God. trendy. I mean, I mean, you. It's still like a fucking mm-hmm. nightmare going to IKEA, but like in two thousand and like what three or four, you'd like drive to the yeah. like. There's only a couple IKEAs, and it oh was my God, just you have to make a, a day of it. Show. Like you would have to eat there because you were going to be there mm-hmm. all day. Um, there was one outside of Chicago, and I remember yeah. taking that drive there. Oh my God, it was like I epic. went to that one. It was and people from all over. Mm-hmm. Are coming to this this IKEA. All over. There was an there's an IKEA in Portland now, but I want to say it was like around 2010, uh, maybe a little bit before that, where you know IKEA wanted to you know occupy the space by the airport, and people were protesting and like it's going to destroy our whole city. This is the beginning of the end. We're not letting IKEA come here. People are protesting. Well, spoiler: there is an IKEA night near the airport. You see it. It's like the last thing you see before you land. <laughs> And let me tell you, that IKEA is packed 365 days a year. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's like mm-hmm, it's better mm-hmm. than Target. Um, you know, it's affordable mm-hmm. design. You know, I mean, it definitely revolutionized. Oh my god! Now that we're talking about it, yeah, IKEA. Oh, like it revolutionized. It completely changed the way that people mm-hmm. were able to furnish their homes and like the style. That I mean, it was a sea change. Oh, you know, yeah. Remember the 80s? Well, it was a sea change for like for home furnishings, for example, because like, I don't know about you, but mm-hmm. my, when my mom and whatever my stepdad was at the time would go get furniture, you'd have to go to a furniture store and it would be like 
so much oh money. God. Like oh my God, this couch thing. is $3,000, you know, and you're, it's a payment plan and you know, it's got to get delivered. And it, like no one was putting together their own furniture. Yep. They were also spending so no. much money on it. Like my mom was constantly like no eating on the couch, no drinking on the couch, no jumping on the couch. This couch is like as yes. expensive as a car. Everyone has to behave on the couch, you know. Yes. And that's why people like covered their couches. Yeah, because in it was plastic. like you're like, oh, that's five grand right there, you know? Yeah. And yes. I can't I this can't investment that. You know, there was an interim phase between our yeah. parents and how they bought furniture and then everybody buying futons because they were cheaper and more accessible. And then IKEA showed up. I do remember the food. I remember the futon crazy. They Man, keep the coming. Just keep coming. This is like a blockbuster trendathon. <laughs> I remember Dylan's father had a futon, and it was like a fancy futon. And I was like, "He is so cool." Yeah, that is hot. so. Oh my god, that is so design yes. forward. <laughs> so uncomfortable. <Yes. laughs> I know what a trend. Okay, we definitely have to talk about IKEA. We definitely need to talk about futons in the future. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, okay, that was sorry. That was so fun, right there. <laughs> so I many. Know, there's so many. This was just. This is really invoking the like. I know. 80s, and 90s it's frozen and yogurt. It's like it's all so me. entangled, right? Oh, it's frozen. You know, it and is, it's important yeah. to remember. This is something Kim and I talked about back when we did our aughts episodes. That LA was sort of an aspirational lifestyle brand itself. Mm-hmm. In the aughts, around the world, they led yes. the trend. LA, well, particularly yeah, yeah, the paparazzi. particularly, <laughs> but it was, but the celebrity, the, the they, celebrity that's tons. what did it. And there was this iconic LA aesthetic, LA lifestyle. Um, you know, it was heavily entrenched in all that raunch culture. LA itself was becoming the world headquarters of frozen yogurt. With tons of new brands and shops popping up to service this new trend. There are places called Snowberry, Roseberry, Berry Good, Kiwi Berry, Yogurt Land. Oh, man. they're really taking – you're like, it's not a I, berry. I know. It's yogurt. Yogurt Berry. That's another one. And Ice Berry. Everybody's like, oh, the ticket here is you got to have berry in the name, except for Yogurt Land. They were like, we do what we want. Yeah. But like, that was not why it was successful, everybody. I still don't understand why Pinkberry – was named Pinkberry. I couldn't find any information, Cam. I just think it sounded cute, right? These, pl- yeah, it's it's very like like um Korean. Like, oh, what you know, is like it was founded by you know? a South Korean pair of people, so that makes sense, right? There you go. Oh, so well, that all of these sense. new places: yeah. Snowberry, Roseberry, Berry Good, Kiwiberry, etc., etc., etc. These places joined Pinkberry and Red Mango, which, by the way, Leonardo DiCaprio had a Red Mango machine in his oh. office which in the aughts would have been like pretty much the coolest thing you could brag about Whoa. as a yogurt yeah. brand and then there was also tasty delights there was just so many yogurt places i mean kim you can agree with this most of them are gone now like 99 percent of them they've been replaced by bubble tea pretty much at this point yeah or those like really expensive artisanal tea places yeah oh, totally um, there's a lot of that places. for sure like the sixteen dollar. Oh, number. I remember. Oh, you remember I- when you went and you got ice cream across the street from my apartment, and you're like, "Hey, 
I'm gonna get ice cream at that like fancy ice cream place, and I, you're like, you want to And then do you like, know what no. happened, everyone? Like, what you're gonna, you're. I was like, I was like, you're gonna eat ice cream on the street in downtown <laughs> so LA. That sounds disgusting. We pay for our twelve dollar <laughs> ice cream. It's me, Sherry, and Beth. So we're there. We spent thirty six dollars plus tip on ice cream. You're right. It might have been sure more. I don't even want to think about it. Like How 18. appalling. It's this. T- the yeah. whole ice cream place is designed to be Instagrammable. You get these black ice cream cones that are made of charcoal. I mean, it's tasty, but it's still just like ice cream. Anyway, we get this. We come outside. We're getting ready to be like, what should we do? Should we walk around and then go to the car? Like, what should we do? We're standing there. We're looking down towards your apartment. And a man pulls (laughs) – Guys, I'm so sorry that any of you have to hear this, but I just need to tell it. Kim knows the story. A man pulls down his pants and has explosive diarrhea all over the sidewalk. God, about so bad. five feet from where we had been waiting in line for ice cream just a few moments before. And this is a place oh, that I mean, can tell you always has a line. So people got to stand next to this guy having diarrhea on the sidewalk and the three of us just stood there frozen. Oh God, and I was God. like, everybody needs to turn around right now. We don't need to look at this anymore. So we turn around and we were, we were just like shuddering. And now we've got like, you know, $500 worth of ice cream in our hands. And we're like, what do we do? And we, we just need to all go get in the car right now and eat our ice cream in there where no one can can ruin it. Um, and yeah. I refuse to come downstairs. I was there <laughs> across the street. I was like, no. And it's important to remember, like, so Kim lived across the street from this place. And the thing I remember most about Kim's apartment is the incredibly intense, strong smell of urine. Like, just out, yes. not in her apartment, but, like, outside. And it was unavoidable. Like, I remember at one point we – I want to say it was me and Dustin. We were driving you home from somewhere, and we pulled up, and you were getting out. It was just like the cloud of pee smell was coming in the car, and it was like, Oof. we got to go. We got to yeah. go really soon. Like, downtown LA is is gross. It's not an aspirational lifestyle. <laughs> it's pretty, it's pretty gross. It's yeah. pretty gross. Um, yeah. <laughs> but Pinkberry was, you know, so aspirational. And this new breed of frozen yogurt began in LA, this like hub of healthy lifestyle, even though it it doesn't sound like it based on what we just told you. And it's this frozen yogurt soon became synonymous with the LA lifestyle, which like I cannot emphasize this enough, was so aspirational at that point. You know, I will tell you years later, I would go to London for work and people there when they heard you were from LA would like lose their shit. They'd be like, oh, my God, my dreams to live in L.A. And I was like, really? I mean, L.A. is great, but I feel like you're thinking of an L.A. that doesn't exist anymore, you know? Um, Side note. Okay, so you've been to my favorite frozen yogurt place in L.A. It's called Frog. It's off of Coenga. Uh, It's over in Hollywood. It's really cute inside, actually. It's very designy. And I was in London once out just like wandering around and I passed a frozen yogurt place and I'm like, oh my God, it's frog. It looks the same. It's the same color, same font, same interior, except it was called Snog. And I wonder if they came to LA and were like, oh, this is great. Yeah. Anyway. I think so. Um, Very aspirational lifestyle. So, I mean, there was just this constant flow of paparazzi photos of all the celebutants with their Pinkberry cup. People loved it. Residents of other cities who aspired to live that L.A. lifestyle wanted their own Pinkberry. And in a weird way, 
frozen yogurt is part of that mainstream LA-focused raunch culture of the aughts, just as much as Paris Hilton and Juicy Couture and Uggs and Vajazzling and Tiny Dogs, all of those things, right? (laughs) They're all connected. In 2018, Josh Ocampo wrote a great nostalgic piece about Pinkberry for Mike. We'll share it in the show notes. And he really, he, he hit all the important points of why yogurt was so essential in all its culture. He said, quote, it invoked awe in people, not because of its yogurt necessarily, but because of its status. It wasn't a frozen yogurt chain. It was a place inundated with long lines and one you'd be willing to wait in. It was... Like a Starbucks. It was a place where Lauren Conrad would discuss relationship problems on the hills. It was a place where Charlize Theron once left a $96.25 tip for a $3.75 yogurt. It was a place you could choose between just two flavors, green tea or the tart original flavor. If you didn't like either, you could still have a seat on one of its plastic $350 chairs. I mean, it was so of that time. But of course then... Pinkberry would peak and fall by the wayside by the Audis as food trends shifted into juicing and Whole30 and that whole L.A. lifestyle changed forms and people now made fun of Paris Hilton and, you know, donated all of their mm-hmm. juicy couture and all of that stuff. A chemical cup of frozen yogurt no longer felt like an aspirational brand. And it did not help that in mm-hmm. 2014, one of the founders of Pinkberry, Young Lee, was sentenced to seven years in prison for beating a panhandling man with a tire iron. Not a good look. I remember there was very briefly around that time people protesting kind of regularly outside the Pinkberry in Los Feliz. (laughs) The one, it's kind of near Trader Joe's. And I would see people there protesting, like, don't go in Mm -hmm. here. I think by then Pinkberry had already been bought by the parent company of Cold Stone Creamery, but I might be wrong. I do know they own them now. And now Pinkberry, no longer an aspirational brand. It's just a place that pops up at airport food courts. It doesn't have the same hold on L.A. that Starbucks still has. Like Starbucks, like we'll say it again, totally acceptable place to go hang out and drink coffee in L.A. In a weird way that it isn't anywhere else. It's It's really weird. weird. Yeah. It's really weird. Also, Cold Stone Creamery. I remember when one came to Madison, Wisconsin, when I was in college, and everybody was so excited about it. I was like, "What is it?" And they're like, "It's this ice cream." And they're like, "Don't they sing flavors?" And yes, something. I don't know. It was just not. It was was not. (laughs) I'm pretty sure they sing. So I've never been to a Cold Cold Stone Creamery. I don't know why. I just haven't been. I've heard their birthday cake flavor is awesome. It's pretty good. Yes, there you go. It I'm is pretty, pretty good. sure they sing when they make the ice cream. And now that I think about it, that's why I haven't gone. Because I feel bad for yeah. people who are forced to sing on the job. <laughs> yes. I, I absolutely agree. I and, you know, I actually, at one, at one of my jobs, you know, whenever you had a birthday, you could uh-huh. pick whatever birthday cake you got. And a lot of people wanted like a Cold Stone mm. birthday cake. And so we had a lot of these fucking Cold Stone birthday cakes that I do not know what like toxicness <laughs> is inside them, but they would give me such. Oh, I'm bad sure that's another reason problems. I haven't been there. <laughs> I have literally oh had God. accidents 
like trying to get home from work oh, on my the God. subway and like running, running to find, okay, imagine trying to find a bathroom and also imagine the bathrooms in a subway. Oh, I'm so sad for you right now. I'm getting the sweats. I have stop eating that I stop. I'm like I'm sorry I can't eat ice cream cakes anymore oh my god no I, I I I believe it I think that's another reason I haven't eaten there I'm just gonna say someone who is related to me was scandalized that I'd never been to Coldstone Creamery and I was like I don't know it just like yes. doesn't feel on brand for me you know <laughs> it's not it's like yeah I'm sorry like a mass that a mass that's gonna give me an ice diarrhea cream just is not my <laughs> Yeah. It's going to give me yeah. diarrhea. Also. Um, I just, I also like, like I mean like speaking of geez. explosive diarrhea. I also I just want to let you all know cream. that like in general I don't eat a lot of ice cream <laughs> because I'm lactose intolerant so it has to be like a really special occasion and so when I do have ice cream it's with two lactate and it's about to be like because lactate's kind of expensive and I'm like a miser it's got to be like some yeah, fancy it is. ice cream. Yeah. It's got to be that Eighteen dollar ice cream downtown LA. Yeah, it's like that weird shave. Yeah, yeah ex- exactly. Where there's like flecks oh, of fecal stop. matter in the I air. Know. I'm very, glad. We, I'm glad we, very I'm glad we didn't mention the name of the ice cream place because I feel like this could be really bad for their business. I don't even know if they're still open because it's like not. They, I think they are. I actually went by them the other day. I mean, this, and I was like, oh, like still the there. other thing about LA, and <laughs> I'm saying this because I, I don't think a lot of our listeners live in LA, but those of you who do will know exactly what I speak of. When I moved to LA, it's when I really learned that I would have to wait in line for literally every single thing I did, um, in a way that I never yeah. had to before. And you'll see a line; it might be going around the block, and you'll be like, "Is it a sample sale? Uh, is it?" <laughs> A shoe drop? Yeah, is it a sneaker drop? Is it just an ice cream place? It's like hard to say because you're yeah. always in line and you're what like, you get yeah. used to it and you like start strategizing. You're like, listen, you drop me off and go park the car because in LA, parking the car is a thing too. You park yeah, the car exactly. and I'll wait in line at the $18 ice cream place and then we'll like, you know, we'll, we'll only be in line for 20 minutes instead of 45 minutes. You know, it's just like one of those things that you do there and you get used to. <clears throat> oh, I also want to reiterate that the the man that was having um, intestinal distress on the sidewalk next to Amanda, um, it wasn't. From <gasps> yeah, no, it was unrelated. Cream. As far as I know, I mean, to be fair, we don't know. I mean, maybe he'd had a Cold Stone Creamery birthday cake earlier that day. It's actually. I mean, I'll be honest with you that I was almost at that <laughs> that point once. <laughs> with a cold stone creamery where it's just like i don't even know where i can go right now i'm somehow managed to find a bathroom like actually interestingly enough an un- unhoused man actually helped helped me find a bathroom because uh, he saw the distress in my it's face. a feeling we all know and like he started pointing towards where the bathrooms were and i was uh, running <laughs> he knew oh i was like goodness. thank you yeah, sir yeah that is oh yeah <laughs> i mean Cold stuff. Okay. This, Sorry, I'm, guys. I mean, we talk sure, about this much I, dairy. You know, things happen. Um, and I apologize yeah, profusely for our, our disgusting diarrhea stories. <laughs> I do feel like it's a Mr. Do you think Mr. Christensen's going to be okay with this? Okay, um, good. Because I don't. Episode. He loves <laughs> potty humor. So. Good. Okay. Well, yeah. Well, there you go. We'll get the stamp it. of approval there. That's all that matters to me. <laughs> 
Well, that's all we have this week. Oh. Um, this week's episode is sponsored by Charmin. And <laughs> <laughs> and Beano. Not to be confused with, what was it called? Bile beans. Listen. If, oh, the bile beans and If you're interested beans. in bringing back bile beans, uh, Kim and I are looking for investors. We're just going to throw some stuff together. I think it's exactly. the time. The time is now. <laughs> All right. Goodbye, everyone. Charmin. <laughs> She's like laughing. You're going to be your fan. <laughs> goodbye, everyone. <laughs> Bye.